You're listening to Do Justice, the podcast, exploring faith, meeting the world from Shining Waters Regional Council of the United Church of Canada. Hello and welcome to Do Justice, the podcast for Friday, May 7th, 2021. My name is Brianne Swan. I use she and her pronouns, and I am Minister for Social and Ecological Justice and Communications with Shining Waters Regional Council, part of the United Church of Canada. I am recording from my home office in what is now known as Toronto, Ontario, Toronto is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples. Toronto is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples, and I am grateful for the opportunity to live and love and work on this land, as I am a part of striving to make right with all our relations. We are now in the beginning of May. How did that happen? I don't know, but we are now in May, and May is Asian Heritage Month in Canada, a time to reflect on and celebrate the contributions that Canadians of Asian descent have made and continue to make within Canada and also the life of the church. Asian Heritage Month has been celebrated across Canada since the 1990s. In December 2001, the Senate of Canada adopted a motion proposed by Senator Vivian Poi to officially designate May as Asian Heritage Month in Canada. In May 2002, the Government of Canada signed an official declaration to designate May as Asian Heritage Month. In this week's episode, we will be hearing specifically about the experience of some Asian members of the United Church of Canada. First, with a production by the United Church from 2017 titled Struggle and Grace. The video, which we are hearing the audio from, features stories by Kim Yudakai, Shining Waters Regional Council's Minister for Communities of Faith Support and Right Relations, as well as the Reverend Irene Tai and Vilvan Ganassingham from the Tamil United Church in Toronto. After that, we will hear from Tina Conlon, Minister at Davenport Perth Community Ministry, as she shares a recent reflection she has authored titled Asian in Canada. But first, first there is music, with Amori singing their song Wild. As always, you can find links to Amori's music by going to our show notes. I've been t- 
people of Asian heritage have been part of the United Church of Canada for over 130 years in congregation that stretch across the county. It is a history of accomplishment and grace in the face of painful struggle. The first Asian Heritage Congregational members came from the Chinese, Korean, and Japanese communities. Their churches flourished as sanctuaries from the racism outside and allowed them to keep their culture and language alive. But in the early 1940s, even being part of the United Church with no protection against laws, which stripped Japanese Canadians of their property, businesses, and even their churches. My parents um, were 10 and 11 years old um, when they were interned um, in the Second World War, and they were placed in this place where um, there was uh, no toilet facility. It was, it was cold, and um, they, had, they lost a lot of, of uh, their own belongings and their own places of comfort. They were only able to bring what they could carry in two suitcases, so their, their prized possessions, for most of them, weren't with them. Uh, they had no. They thought they were going to be away for just a little bit, and it turned out a really long time. And they never saw those possessions again, unless they had people who could save it for them. But for the most part, it was sold. Um, all their things were sold. Uh, and then after the war, they weren't able to move back again. So they had to move to who knows where. Over 60 years later, the United Church acknowledged the injustice of each treatment of Japanese Canadian church members. The 40th General Council in Kelowna, British Columbia, heard firsthand from some of the internment survivors, but the church words were too late for many of the former detainees. As the 20th century rolled on, new waves of immigrants from China, Japan, Korea, Taiwan, and the Philippines began to arrive swelling the older congregation and forming new ones. For many new Canadian, churches became extended family in a new country. I've recently reconnected with my roots in the Philippines. I'm of uh, Chinese ancestry, but I was born in the Philippines. And so four years ago during my sabbatical, I went to the Philippines and visited relatives visited our United Church partners, and also worshipped at United Church of Christ in the Philippines and United Methodist uh, congregations. And I found that, surprisingly, their, their liturgy is very similar to ours. So I, it made me realize that, you know, when they come to Canada, our United Church of Canada congregations would be a, a, a natural home for them. So I started to ask, you know, why is it that not more of them are coming to our congregations? Well, uh, since that time when I came back to Canada, I did help a group of uh, Filipino Canadians that were at my United Church develop a ministry, an outreach ministry, a Bible study, and it later, over two or three years, became a United Church mission of our presbytery. So now they're called Filipino Christian Fellowship, and they are, they've been, a, a, well, a, a mission since last year, and they're growing. They're maybe 50, 60 people on a Sunday, mostly younger folks. Um, so I'm really excited about that. In the 1980s, 
People fleeing the civil war in Sri Lanka arrived in Canada. Tamil Christians in Toronto started meeting over 30 years ago, but only recently has the group been officially recognized as a united church congregation. There are other denominations within the uh, Tamil congregation, so uh, we are very tolerant Christians. So uh, when we came to Canada, again, uh, you know, we had the Methodist background. Uh, the transition was very easy, so that's one of the things even we enjoy today. And uh, because we, we experience uh, all the struggles in terms of the war, in terms of the discrimination because of, uh, uh, you know, race, religion, religion and so on and so forth, uh, we, we actually, when we came to uh, Canada, there was always a compassion to help people in that need. So we were practically born with a social justice component within us. So that also was a good fitting because that is one of the foundation of the United Church of Canada. So I think uh, th the fit is wonderful. During the month of May, we remember and are thankful for the many contributions made by people of Asian heritage to the United Church for the gifts of leadership, worship, membership, and wisdom.
Where are you from? I'm from around here. No, where are you really from? I look away. When I walked arm in arm with my husband on the esplanade, I saw the stairs, the knowing glances. Miss Saigon syndrome, I heard it whispered. Miss Saigon was a contemporary adaptation of Madama Butterfly, an opera by Giacomo Puccini, adapted from the short story Madame Butterfly by John Luther Long, an American lawyer influenced by Pierre Loti's 1887 novel, Madame Chrysanthem, and the recollections of his sister Jenny Gorel, a Methodist missionary wife in Japan. I wanted to scream back, I am not Miss Saigon! And my husband admonished me to tell him where I was from. When I was in the market playing with my firstborn child while we waited for their father, a woman sat down for a friendly chat and asked if I will work for her as a nanny for her children. You look really loving to that child, she said. I'm sure I can pay you more than your current employer. Then she stopped as she looked up to see my husband with the groceries who asked who my friend was. I replied, Oh, just someone interviewing me to be my next employer. Before meeting my husband, I was on my first supervised ministry education away from home, and I had to work with a man who had visited Japan and had warm-hearted memories of oriental massage. He kept asking me for an oriental massage. When I was working at my aunt's Philippine and Chinese variety store, a young man asked, Do you sell love here? I replied that no one can purchase love, for it can only be freely given and received. Then, thinking that he really came in to buy something, I asked whether love was a brand name of a product he wished to purchase because I did not recall us having that in stock. He was just a kid. He ran away without buying anything.
All these came to mind when I heard of the shooting in Georgia. Apparently, the shooter was very disturbed by sex and was getting rid of women he saw as prostitutes. Most of his victims were Asian. Sex and Prostitution The Bible has many stories and mixed messages about sex and prostitution. Abraham pimped his wife Sarah in order to protect himself. He also abandoned Hagar and his firstborn son in the wilderness with a skin of water in a loaf of bread. Dinah, the Canaanite woman, was raped by Shechem. Judah's daughter-in-law Tamar disguised herself as a prostitute so that her father-in-law will give her a child. Deuteronomy 21, 10-14 addressed the sexual privileges of the winning warrior toward the enemy woman as booty. Rahab, the prostitute, was spared because she hid the two spies from Shittim, sent by Joshua, son of Nun. When Esther becomes queen, her cousin Mordecai told her to initiate sex with the king in order to save her people. We must also remember Judith with Holofernes and Jael with Sisera, who both used their sex. Ruth, the foreigner, uncovered the feet of Boaz, who was lying down at the threshing floor. Many biblical stories should resonate with people of faith to make a statement about this shooting. Among them is that of Jesus asking who should throw the first stone at the woman caught in an unlawful sex act. And then there is the story of the Canaanite woman who Jesus called a dog and who corrected him. Just like the Canaanite woman who was called a dog, Hagar was simply Abraham and Sarah's baby machine. And when Sarah bore her biological son, Hagar was discarded. But God listened to her. God argued with her. And God led her to the waters of Zamzam and promised that she will be the mother of a great and mighty nation. No woman is a dog. No woman should be erased. After hearing about the shooting, I began to grieve and was unable to concentrate. It gave me pause because I have dear friends who work in nail salons and massage parlors. 
how easily it was to assume that the victims were all Asian migrant sex workers. How easily it is for people to suggest that spas are fronts for prostitution. How easily it was for a kid to think that he can purchase love from a Philippine Chinese variety store. This is happening in the midst of hateful cacophony against China and the people of China. For those of us who are not Chinese, but who to white eyes look Chinese, we are also subject to this hateful cacophony. If you want to stop this hate, a good place to start would be to stop the hatred against China coming from our government and the media. Butterfly, a group formed by sex workers, legal and health professionals, who provide support and advocates for the rights of Asian and migrant sex workers, shares the grief and calls for justice for the killing of these eight persons. I grieve for the 21-year-old man, yet still a boy who got a gun, traveled great distances, targeted people working in nail salons and massage parlors. Where did he get that rage, that anger, to eliminate, to kill? Did he fancy himself a brother to Dinah? Just a bad day? thinking he was simply eliminating his perceived addiction to sex and that people who look like me are what caused his addiction. So he killed them to eliminate temptation. Number one, Hyung Jung Grant, 51 years old. Number two, Xiao Jie Tan, 50 years old. Number three, Dao Yu Fang, 44 years old. Number four, Delena Ashley Young, 33 years old. Number five, Sun Si Park, 74 years old. Number six, Paul Andre Michel, 54 years old. Number seven, Sun Cha Kim, 69 years old. Number eight, Yong Yu, 63 years old. And Elsius Hernandez Ortiz, 30 years old, survived, but still in critical condition. I felt that he shot me too. Where are you from? Thanks for asking. Where are you from? I'm from around here. As am I. Then we are neighbors.
gone away now Fear of what's to come Feeling when you're stuck By a dream wrapped in confusion Is it gone away now Space you had to share With the roommate in your head Pocket always bare Living in a tiny square We set sail tonight Now we're sailing on That was Mia and Jonah with their song Warm Wind from their 2005 album Shine One. Earlier we heard Mia and Jonah singing their song Nightingale from their 2018 album Spin as One. You can learn more about Mia and Jonah, including where to purchase their music, by going to miaandjonah.com or by checking out our show notes. Asian in Canada, was written by Tina Conlon. The full text is available on the Shining Waters Regional Council website. The music was by Enoch Yang, and production was by Shining Waters Regional Council. If you are interested in learning more about Asian heritage this month, 
and every month, I invite you to explore the resources Kim Yudakai put together for individuals and communities of faith. There you will find liturgical resources, social media recommendations, as well as justice resources. Go to www.shiningwatersregionalcouncil.ca slash Asian Heritage Month to learn more. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back soon with more music and reflection, but until then, take care of yourselves and your neighbors. And remember, we are all neighbors. This podcast is brought to you by Shining Waters Regional Council, an administrative grouping within the United Church of Canada. You can find us online at www.shiningwatersregionalcouncil.ca.